Welcome to the Learning and Development Podcast. I'm David James from Loop, and each week I chat with guests about what lights them up in the world of people development. This week, I'm speaking with Jeremy McClellan, who is Head of Learning and Development for Europe at Alvarez and Marcel, and a growing breed of L&D leaders driving the profession forward. But before we get started, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do give us a rating on your podcast app of choice so that others can find us. Thank you. Now let's get into it. Jeremy, welcome to the Learning and Development Podcast. Thank you. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. Um, so, Jeremy, you're a progressive head of L&D who's challenged the status quo to achieve demonstrable results that matter for your organisations. What does progressive L&D mean to you and how is it different from what would largely be recognised as more traditional practice? Um, yeah, good, good question. Good, that's, a, that's one to start with, I suppose. But um, I think for me, it, it represents um, the disconnect between kind of how we learn in our, our personal lives versus how we do in our, in our corporate lives. Mm. Um, I think there's, you know, we can, if we go into any organization, I think we can, we can generally find that there is a, that there is a gap there. Um, and I think that's born out of, um, you know, there's been a tremendous change in technology, um, you know, over the years, and that has that has changed the way that we behave, mm. um, the way that we consume information, and things like that. So, I think what's happened is is that we've almost we've we've now created these different types of behaviors in how we learn in our personal lives, but then when we come into our corporate lives, we just still have this kind of weird one-dimensional way of which we think we should be learning, mm. um, and the, and the business feels the same. So, um, and and so there so therein lies therein lies the the kind of the the disconnect. Mm. So for me, it's bridging. It's you know, progressive and D is kind of closing that gap and bridging that that disconnect really, mm. and. You know what, what you've just described there is something very common. I mean, this is this is the way we all live our our lives now. Nick Shackleton Jones calls it googling our way through life. But but you're right. Whether we are looking something, you know, watching a movie, and then you're thinking, where have I seen that ad before? You go straight to IMDb, yeah. or you know, you're going to do some uh, some DIY, or perhaps look to see how difficult the DIY is to do, and then yeah. decide whether to do it. There is this immediacy that that is prompted by uh, either interest or 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 a task at hand. And then you'll just go and do that, which is, of course, very different from traditional learning and development, where there is this um, expectation that you'll wait for formal development, which is a which is a, a weird expectation to be set from learning and development, and it's a weird expectation to accept f- from employees. But I, th- I think it's really important to acknowledge at this stage that. That that expectation from employees that they will accept this is still out there. It, yeah. I mean, is that something you experience? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, and and I think we see that through the business, you know. Mm. But you know, by you know, I mean, the, the people in senior positions in in businesses are, are people like you and I. I mean, mm. where they they also want learning, they also want to develop. So you know, you'd think that well, you know, they they are interacting in their personal lives the way that we are as well. Mm. So why why are they also wanting? You know, to to go back to this old way of 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 receiving and 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 receiving training and and learning. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I was when I explain it to some of my you know my stakeholders if I'm trying to sell it and whatever or or, or kind of um, getting to understand where I'm coming from. I, I usually use a bit of a food analogy, yeah. Um, which I think might and I, I I did it to my um, my boss the other day and they were like, oh, that really made sense. Mm. And so 
essentially um, I like cooking, so that's why I'm using food, food analogies, really. Um, but, you know, if you were, for example, to go home tonight um, and you didn't know how to cook a lasagna, you know, you, you may have the ingredients in the fridge, but you don't know how to put them together. Mm. Um, you know, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to get home, you're going to jump on your phone, you're going to go how to cook a lasagna, mm. you're either going to watch a quick two-minute video how to do it, or you're going to quickly find a recipe which tells you X, Y, Z, do these steps and And hopefully you're going to get something up that's edible at the end of it. Um, and so, and so, yeah. But what you're not going to do is you're not going to sort of leave the leave you know the business tonight and leave leave the company and then go. Oh, let me just quickly book into a cooking three hour cooking course. Yeah. And then run home and then kind of you know cook your lasagna. And so that's kind of where that disconnect is. Is that that's what we would normally do in our personal lives. Yet we come into the business, and that's that's what we're that's what we're asking for. Mm. That's what we expect. Um, and so for me, it's kind of trying to bridge that really as best we can. And, and when we describe progressive there, you know, I, I think it's there's there's progressive in, in the way you think and then, of course, in in practice. But I want to take you back, Jeremy. Um, we've been we've been talking for for a couple of years now. Um, but what was your personal tipping point from what you described um, as, you know, traditional L&D to where you are now with your thinking and your practice? Um So my personal tipping point, I can remember exactly when that was, actually. Um, it was in 2016. Um, I went to the uh, Learning and Development Show, I think it was. The mm -hmm. CRPD show was in 2016. Um, and at that point, you know, I was very much kind of on the same trajectory as, as I guess, you know, the industry as a whole. Um, and um, I went to a chat with or a session with uh, Nick Shackleton-Jones. Mm -hmm. He was doing something on uh, the secret to learning design. And it was just something I actually just chose off the list, really. It sounded good. So I went along to it. Um, and it was it was it was at this session where he sort of kicked off the proceedings with uh, an interactive um, an interactive banana munching <laughs> sort of um, uh, expose. And basically, I was I was sort of sitting there and. You know, it was here he was talking about effective context and how you know we don't um, we don't remember what happens to us, but we rather we we remember the emotion, the emotional reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and I remember it because of that very thing because I absolutely hate bananas, <laughs> and I remember feeling this fear that I was going to put my hand under the chair and uh, feel and find this banana because he dotted a, a few random ones apparently around the around the hall. And uh, if you if you picked one, you had to go up onto the stage and, and sort of have this banana reading contest. So I was terrified that I was going to feel this <laughs> banana. But, you know, essentially, that's why it stuck with me um, because of because of that. And and it was here that he talked about facilitating learning through creating exp or crafting experiences um, or, or to for well, those were for people who, you know, who didn't care about a particular thing. So you would craft an experience to make people care mm -hmm. um, or you would create resources for for those people um, that did care. Um, and I remember just sitting there thinking, God, this actually really makes this just makes sense. Yeah. Right. You know, it kind of just it was a weird sort of clicking moment. Um, and then, yeah, I just sort of continued to to find like minded people and 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 uh, and, and went from there, really. Mm. I I, I completely agree. Nick's, Nick's stuff has always resonated with me. Mm. I think that um, 15 years in-house, looking after learning and development functions, leading learning and development functions, there were, there were so many, as he says, rituals that I just thought were bonkers and were illogical. Um, none more so than the buy an LMS, fill it full of content, launch it on mm. an unsuspected audience and expecting that then to really make a change. Mm. Uh, I always say that, that that inevitably only ever leads to 
wearing around your neck like a millstone and then trying to justify the spend by just by uh, driving traffic towards it. It drives me absolutely bonkers. Just one of the one of the bananas um, uh, uh, rituals. Mm. To excuse the pun of uh, of, of bananas there, <laughs> but it's one thing to to recognise this. Um, but we've touched on this already. Expectations from our stakeholders, from our organisations, from our bosses, mm. um, are that we run programmes, that, that um, we we jump to a request. Maybe don't jump to a request. I think that uh, that, that um, we we will accept requests from stakeholders, and then we will we will run these programmes. But what you're describing, and uh, you know what we're touching on so far, doesn't mean running necessarily running programs and content and courses so um how have you brought others with you and can you give you any examples of 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 what you've done differently to to what expectations were were perhaps projected onto you yeah um so what i i guess in the beginning it was it was quite difficult i guess because um i don't think i probably had the argument framed in my own mind mm. right in the beginning. So I guess I was, you know, maybe not talking complete sense <laughs> sort of in the beginning. But the more, you know, the more the more you learn about it, the more you kind of connect, the more content you read about it, kind of just eventually kind of it got, it, it you know, I got framed in my mind a lot better. And really for me, it was just, um, just talking about it more. Mm. Um, so it was sort of chatting to, chatting to people in the team, um, asking them about it, what it meant to them, what they thought how it how it might fit with what we were doing um and then also just you know talking about it to to the stakeholders you know slowly but surely and seeing what they what they made about it um and um and yeah and i think it was just that you know once i'd sort of talked about it you know to your boss to whoever that may be you start to kind of over i mean it takes a little time it didn't mm. didn't sort of happen overnight but you kind of start to, to you know have a la- you know start a, a language there's a slight change in the language that you use or or thing things like that um, but for me, what, what I started doing was I, I actually started blogging, mm. um, which I hadn't done before. So I thought I would just give it a go. Why not? You know, no one's got, you know, the overall IP on these things. So <laughs> I thought I'd give it a go. And um, and it was through that that, um, you know, you can you when you when you write stuff or when you try and explain things, it kind of frames it a lot better in your own mind. So mm. that helped me as well. Um, and then we what I would do is I would, I would actually get some of my stakeholders to kind of proofread it for me before, before publishing it. And, uh, and I remember one of the, um, one of our directors who was a director in our legal practice was a bit of a stickler for the, for the old grammar and spelling. So, uh, <laughs> she'd generally get out a red pen and print it off and kind of circle and, and here and there, which was great, you know, and, uh, killing birds with two stones there because, you know, they, they started to get, well, like, Oh, that's really interesting. Or, you know, getting a little bit interested in, in that. And so, Around the business, you know, it started to kind of spread a little bit, you know, what I was trying to do and some of the rhetoric that I was kind of talking about. Mm. Um, and I was lucky enough, actually, to then get the a couple of those blogs um, put onto or published rather on the LPR network. Mm-hmm. So um, so that was, I mean, that was a bit of luck, but that was great. And we used that as a bit of a PR stunt on our website um, and just a bit of copy and, and things like that. So the business started to notice it a little bit more um, and then... Before I knew it, I was sort of pitching it to to some of the directors and getting them excited about it, and uh, then we we started an initiative with it. Mm. So yeah. So so if we could break this down to what what it looks like, because for, for me, uh, progressive in L and D means that first of all you're having a very different type of conversation at the outset. That you're talking about performance and results. So what it is that people are expected to do, uh, what they're having difficulty doing, and helping them with that, rather than siphoning off 
an element to be learning content. Then there's the um, leading with digital resources rather than necessarily with with um, uh, infrequent or one and done programs, and certainly not with e-learning. Uh, and then measuring the um, the effectiveness of of the any intervention based on the actual business results. So what it is you were trying to affect in the first place. Mm. What 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 did it look like for you? What what if we were going to describe um, a compare and contrast old world as uh, as I mentioned there that you might design, develop, mm-hmm. and deliver a a, um, a program or provide some e learning, and you know then it's up to the individual to transfer that learning mm-hmm. um, to 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 something different. What what how would you describe it? Um, so I can describe something that we kind of did um, in my old company at um, at Hudson. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Um, yeah. So basically, um, what I, what we essentially did was we, you know, look, look. In the beginning, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really get much traction at all. Um, mm. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I made very little difference. Kind of in the, in the beginning, we tried a few things and um, they didn't really work. But essentially, it was just trying to, like you, you so, so rightly put earlier, we 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 would do a lot of kind of course based stuff, mm. um, and and that we we. We had some e-learning, but um, it wasn't very much. You know, that was from kind of some legacy we didn't really use. So um, that was that was something we needed to look at, but mm. we hadn't really framed how we were going to do it. So I was lucky in a sense that almost had a black blank canvas with with that. Um, but essentially, what it was was to um, just just you know just try try an initiative. And um, I think you know I got I got introduced um, to yourself, uh, you and Ben, and uh, we 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 got we got working on some stuff, and you know we tried a management development program or to create some sort of resources, mm. um, online resources for that and, and try a different approach to that. But it, it didn't. we didn't quite get that one right at first. Mm. Um, but don't get me wrong, that's actually a really good initiative to, to go yeah. with. Um, I just don't think that we... It didn't land right with us in the beginning. Mm. Um, but where we really got some traction was around what we would call our graduate program. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we called it a graduate program, but it was essentially just new people in the uh, new 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 jobbers essentially so you know maybe young professionals that have come out of uni or not gone to uni but been traveling and come back to essentially first job mm. but we called it a graduate a graduate program um and yeah that's where we that's kind of where we really got some some traction and and what we did was we 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 sort of built in a lot more we we i based it around really kind of ex, as much experiential type learning mm. as possible coupled with the digital resources and the performance support stuff. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was some classroom-based stuff mm. that we kind of put in there, but we tried to keep it as as contemporary as as we as we could. And we hadn't done a good job at this in you know in the past. So it was a nice initiative to look at and see, right, you know, we we changed our people's strategy. We'd usually hire in um, uh, people who were more senior, um, who knew the job, but mm. that it was just sort of building their internal networks and kind of off you go, um, where, you know, they were finding it harder to bring those people in. So we were like, right, we need to bring in sort of the more junior, younger people, nurture them, bring them up from the bottom up. Mm. So we had to build that program for that. So it was, again, it was a great one to start with. Um, and so how that looked really was that we, we, we created all of these different types of experiences that they would potentially have on the job. So in the recruitment world, that would be things like, you know, calling your candidates Mm. or um, meeting your candidates or, um, you know, having a candidate registration, business development call, you know, all those, you know, sourcing candidates online, all those sorts of things, things that they would be doing on a daily basis. And then what we would do is try and create as real an environment or as in real a re- what we would call a rehearsal yeah. right for for those particular for the, those particular things um but then sort of 
intertwine the 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 digital resources through that whole process um and we did the we did the program over around sort of three weeks um and yeah so for example some of the stuff might be just to kind of frame it a bit so for the listeners i guess what that means is um you know for example we, we would have um we would have candidates come to come to the office um they would they would come to reception they would sit down and then they would go to a meeting room and you would you would go through the process of interviewing them so we would just get different people from the business to act as as candidates you know and they'd come and they'd they'd sit in the reception area and then we'd get the receptionist to phone the individual and they would then pick up the phone and say your candidates here so they'd come through and then have to run through that whole thing without kind of breaking breaking role as it were mm. um and that does it it doesn't sound like rocket science. I mean, it's pretty standard stuff. But yeah. I think the the difference is is that if we think about role playing, you know, as we as we have in the past, it's kind of sitting in a in a in a room with five or six people, and one person stands up and does a conversation in front of everyone, and everyone you know hates it. It's awkward. It's mm. not real. It's all that sort of thing. But it's actually just making the creating the experience almost as real as it possibly can to um, to. Yeah, so that they 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 can rehearse it essentially, mm. um, and then also exposing them to those those real environments as well. So if you were practicing a call, we would get them to phone uh, one of the directors on their mobiles. They would then walk around the office and pretend to be a candidate or a client, um, and then immediately give them the feedback. Um, and we would do that a lot throughout the few weeks that that they would um, that they did the program, and then further down the line, we would then expose them to those real you know real situations. So we would give them a list of real people to phone um but that that obviously practiced it a few times before um and it was really interesting because then when they got to the actually doing it or if they listened into a call um with one of their peers doing it the feedback was that you know oh my god we've this is exactly how we've done it we've heard this before um and so when they then went into that real environment it wasn't just completely foreign it wasn't like it was stand they were standing in a room it was like they had they had done it before and when the re- where the resources came into it was that we would i mentioned we would sort of intertwine it through the program so if on a particular day we were running through stuff like um candidate calling for example you know they might they they would maybe do a little bit of classroom based stuff on kind of the the basis around what that was and a bit of information but we would also then throw the resources the resources would land in their inbox the day that they were doing the actual simulated call mm. so they would get there in the morning and there would be a there would be a, an email in their inbox saying hey you did some candidate calling yesterday how did it go here are a couple of resources to get you started on your call today good luck mm. you know and then it was like five tips to make sure you're projecting yourself um use this template when going in don't forget to ask these questions um you know remember to offer them a drink you know things things like that and it was sort of like three or four resources they could they could read before actually going in and doing the train doing mm. the training doing the experience um and then those resources they always knew that those resources were there to refer back to when actually it came to the real environment mm. and they could just refer back to it as well so they were performance support for the rehearsals i yeah. mean it's it's yeah. really powerful what you've described yeah. there you as you you know you you said there that um it's you know, it's usual stuff. The listener's going to be listening, you know, listening and thinking, you know, well, that makes sense. So I, I can't see how that, how how can that be seen as progressive or you know, it it just it just makes sense. But I think what really resonates for me is that you're not you're not trying to replicate or uh, say a sterile environment for which you're as you mentioned there a, a role play is going to take place. You're you're creating real conditions so that people feel the same 
as as they would do yeah. in those in those situations. And what I love about that is that the uh, once somebody's had a go at that, you can just imagine. You know, you, you you're nervous. You 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 do the the rehearsal. You mess it up. But you've then got the performance support that that uh, lands in the in your email that speaks perhaps to what you need to do in order to to get better at that. But you're you're generally genuinely concerned because you've messed up. So you're thinking, I I, I want to be better at this. So it so it really is all aimed at performance. It's laser focused on on the performance, but also recognizing the variables in in those interactions because it's not about I'm not I'm I'm not a big fan of isolating skills and then uh, delivering uh, programs on that I say whether that be communication skills or presentation when it's not in the context of what what people are trying to do mm. then I, th- I think that it loses a great deal I'm um I'm a big fan of uh, of Malcolm Gladwell's latest book, and I've mentioned it, I think, a couple of times on the podcast before, Talking to Strangers. And he talks about coupling, that you can't uncouple a, a, a situation from a behaviour um, a lot of the time. Well, he, he says that, uh, that he uses some some pretty gruesome um, examples within the book. Um, but but this idea of coupling, I think, is incredibly powerful. And I think that as soon as we we don't acknowledge the actual situations and challenges that people face in the context of their work. Mm. I think that a great deal of our efforts and the credibility and the investment that we have loses such, loses out to such an incredible extent that, that, that what you're describing there is, is the antithesis. It is the, you know, incredibly powerful. And I'd love to know what, what result you've got from that? What were you able to? What what have you achieved, or did you achieve with that that graduate program mm. beyond the the rehearsal? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we we were actually we were able to to quantify that. Um, I mean, again, you know, there there could be a few varying factors, but we we were you know we didn't we were lucky because we didn't sort of have a program like that before, and then we did, mm. um, and. I mean, in, in, it's essentially a sales role. So we were able to look at kind of sales numbers and things like that. And we would, we would work off what we would call kind of a productivity. So um, how productive was an individual and how long it took for that individual to get to the, 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 num- the productivity number that we deemed to be um, satisfactory for, mm. for that person. Um, and before the program, you know, we were looking, I mean, it was taking our guys a long time to get to that number because essentially before that, it was sort of, here's your mate. Um, you know, here's your here's your computer. Good luck, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and uh, and then we had this this very much sort of structured kind of onboarding for these guys. Um, and we so so before that we we sort of measured that it was taking on average around, uh, you know, this is a crazy number, but sort of six to eight months for some people to to hit this productivity level um, in the business. And uh, and so after we ran this program and we put the first the first group through. Um, I think it was about eight eight people, so we're not talking you know huge numbers, but um, we put them through, and we we brought that number down to about three months. Wow! Yeah, it was great. And actually, in some of the in one of the cases, one of the individuals made like his first placement in his first month. He was fed a bit of work, don't mm. get me wrong, but he he managed to sort of you know get through and and actually you know deal with the client, put the candidate you know put the candidate found the candidate, put him there. And then and then got the placement. So we were super proud of that. Um, super proud of that. And because of that, you know, we we then obviously you know continued to to roll it out. And I think we've done well. I've I've left the business now, mm. but um, quite recently. But they, you know, while I was there, I think we had three come through, 
and they were doing another one after I just left. So I need to kind of catch up and see how that's going. But um, but yeah, it, it was it was we were extremely extremely proud of that. No, yeah. I, I, yeah. Think that, I think that's incredible. I, you know, when when you are affecting performance and it's making a demonstrable difference to that extent, you mm. know, six to eight months before, and then, you know, you brought that down to three months with mm. an outlier and that thrown in there with uh, with one month. You know that you're doing the right stuff, and it also changes the conversation mm -hmm. around L and D. You know, you're integral to to what the business is trying to achieve, mm -hmm. rather than peripheral. Um, as seen as maybe just a mainly as a reward for people, or as I as I heard um, uh, yesterday at a at a conference, when somebody said that um, uh, that that their learning and development because it was certificate, a lot of it was certificate driven. It was more that people attended programs as uh, as a way of indicating that they're ready for the next move. You know, and then mm. you know, and then they get their certificate, and it was almost proof, yeah. rather than what we're describing here, where it is actually integral to enhancing performance to help the organisation to achieve primarily yeah. what it's what it's yeah. there to do. But it was great because also just before I left, we we started to see um, almost the fruits of the labour is that some of those those um, guys that were on that program were were getting promoted mm. so you know and it was it was a year after doing that you know a few of the guys were, were coming through and, and being promoted as well so you know it it was it was really 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 good to see um and 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 actually another point to make on that was that which was the next level that we were going to to do um is the management side of that mm. so you know we could what we were thinking about doing which which i never got around to doing but you know you can add another layer to that whole program if you wanted to mm. so you know you could you could build the same set of resources for the managers who are helping you run um and develop these individuals mm. so you know you can you can we were going to build resources like how to give feedback you know um how to run a role play mm. how to um, you, you know, all, all sorts of different things like that. You know, your individual is going to be, um, you know, they're coming to the desk on this month. You know, what are you going to do with them? You know, how to build a list for them to um, to, pho to phone, you know, clients. Th you know, things like that that you can kind of simultaneously run um, side by side or parallel to each other, which then can, can help performance on, on both sides of the spectrum. Mm. So... I mean, that's just we never got around to doing that, but that, that was one of, that was the idea. Yeah. Well, Joe, I mean, we've you know, we, we, in, during this conversation, we've talked about uh, how you, you've had your your tipping point, you know, with you know, with Nick Shackleton Jones' session. Talked about your focus on performance, um, and then making a demonstrable difference. Your um, your experimentation and use of resources, which which of course is you know is quite a journey. What development have you had to do personally? Um, in order to to be operating in in this different way from where you were before, mm. um, it's 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 been very much self driven, um, and you know I I think you know it's it's very much networking, meeting like minded people, mm. um, chatting to them, bouncing ideas off them, seeing what they're doing, shared experiences, all those kinds. Of, I mean, we've got you know there there are you know, thousands of people out there that are, you know, doing very similar things, you know, and um, I think there's definitely a movement starting, you know, with with uh, with all of this. And, mm. you know, if you can go out and find those people and connect and 
and you know and 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 these people are are so happy to share stuff yeah. you know um so it was really just doing that going out finding like-minded people networking and building that network um and just and just you know bouncing ideas off and, and sharing those experiences um i it was i remember it was actually coincidentally at the same um conference where i where i sort of heard nick and um i was introduced to jen the lovely jen wrigley yes. um and at the time she was at discovery mm-hmm. and she was she was the one who who rec- you know who recommended um or introduced me to to you and and ben and mm-hmm. and that's kind of where where my journey started um uh, from there but then uh, it kind of accelerated a little bit with um the lpi the mm-hmm. learning and performance institute um and I was approached by a gent by the name of Leon Boland, mm-hmm. um, who was with the LPI at the time. Um, he's now moved to um, head of learning solutions at Ember Real Results. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he was a great connection um, to, to have, and I'm still connected with him. And he introduced me to the LPI and asked me to come along to the Learning Live conference that year, um, which I attended, and I thought that was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. a really good event. And... Um, yeah, I met some really, really, you know, bright people and there were some really good talks that year. Um, and then from there, um, to my astonishment, actually, <laughs> and I think this was Leon's doing a little bit. I was certainly on the bench, but they, they asked me to to come in and uh, and, and judge on, on one of the, the awards. I think it was mm-hmm. Learning Provider of the Year that year and, and got to judge that. And off the back of that, I was a, I was invited to the dinner and the awards dinner and I, I sat next to um, Stefan Toma, who's the ex Google uh, Global Director of Learning for Google, mm. um, and he's been, you know, just connected with him, and he's been a great sounding board here and there, um, just to kind of bounce ideas off and things like that. So, so yeah, really, it's just been, you know, just just developing that whole network and kind of reading all the great content that's out there, um, and 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 then just just building it up from there, really. Yeah, and it sounds as if uh, you've not been afraid to experiment. So, uh, which which I think is uh, is is counter to traditional L and D approaches, where you kind of gain um, support for your big strategy, which is going to be a big program, which is going to be top down. You know, there's there are big bets made. It sounds as if you've been willing to experiment, and as you mentioned with the management development stuff, mm. sometimes it doesn't always come off. But if yeah. you can take the learnings, coupled with the blogging as well, because I, I I agree, I I really found. Um, uh, well, I honed my expertise through first of all um, uh, considering that through through blogging, and um, and I think that that also transfers to the creation of resources a lot of the time as well. That mm. when you're confident in your and it's just basic copywriting skills, really, it's translating what you know or local know-how into resources that can be valuable to people uh, when when they need it. So it sounds as if you know you've got you've, you've You've spent the time developing that network. Um, I think that when you're speaking with um, uh, like-minded people, it gives you that confidence as well as the the impetus to to go out and strive and try different stuff mm. um, uh, as well, which I think can't be under underestimated. Um, but it's not. I know that it's not all plain sailing. We've you know to to try something different uh, in an organisation requires currency. You know you need to develop that over time, which is based on a solid track record, which is. People then uh, trust you and see you as a as as somebody to trust. So you can mm. you can get the the buy in to uh, to try stuff. But that said, we all still face resistance a lot of the time, uh, and especially when there are expectations that learning and development looks a certain way with programs and e learning. Is that something you still face in uh, in the context of your roles? And and if so, how do you deal with uh, with resistance? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know there there is always going to be resistance to change, um, and you know, 
for me, I think it's it's probably it's probably best just not to force you know to force something mm. um, where you know force something prematurely. And um, for me, it's sort of just you know go where you're wanted. Really, um, find those pockets of the business that are. Um, that are looking to do something different, um, that are that are okay with change, and and just and just going there. Um, mm. And I think that often, I think often, you know, resistance can can be born out of miscommunication yeah. uh, or lack of vision. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people just need to see things mm. um, to to see the value to see the value of it. So if you can go to those different pockets of the business and and start to to create something and do something good. Um, then others will see that, and yeah. and they'll want to they'll want a piece of the pie. So, um, so yeah. And look, you know, you're never going to get it right first time. Um, you know, I, I think we've we've got to sort of succumb to the fact that we're never going to have a finished product. It's we're never going to have a static product because of the rates of change. So it's really just being comfortable with being in that sort of beta testing stage almost. And it's kind of, you know, build something, um, push it out, test it, improve it, build something, push it out, test it, improve it. Um, and you know. And then, and then just just go from there, really. Yeah. So as we 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 come to the end of the conversation, Jeremy, if the listener is feeling inspired, um, wants to to do do what you've done, which is become more performance focused, um, to to lead with with digital solutions, so digital resources, perhaps rather than rather than e learning, um, and affect actual organisational performance and results. What would you What would you recommend? Um, well, I mean, uh, firstly, if they're going to be listening to this podcast, if they're really listening, then they've kind of made that that first step mm. <laughs> towards that. Um, but I think it's um, it's just equipping yourself with what you know with with what's out there, mm. um, equipping yourself with as much knowledge of what's impactful and what's not, um, and um, and then you know. There, you know, there's some great, there's some great content out there. I mean, you've had a few of the guys on on this podcast. Mm. I mean, Nick obviously is a is a big one. Um, Danny Seals is is another one. Um, uh, Matt Ash, I think, is is another one mm-hmm. as well. Um, and 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 of course, you know, you do a bit of blogging yourself. So there's some great there's some great stuff out there. So really, just kind of equip yourself with that. Um, start there. You know, um, frame an argument in your mind, um, and just get clear with what it is that that you want to do. But I guess from a practical point of view. Um, you know, just just pick just pick something. Pick something mm. small. Um, pick an initiative. It might even be something as small as doing your exp- how to do your expenses, yeah. um, how to book your travel. Um, you know, th- things like that. And and then use the the models that are out there to to build some really kind of valuable stuff around that. You know, so using the the CTR model, which is the concerned task resource for mm. for those that don't know. I think it's been mentioned on here a couple of times, but but I use that. Um, to frame or wireframe out what those what those resources are going to be, um, and then and then the the five DR model in in order to to kind of design design those um, mm. doesn't have to be that kind of fancy using models and things, but you know just start off small really and uh, and get comfortable with it, and then you can you can grow it out from there. Wonderful, I think that's uh, that that's solid advice, Jeremy. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Jeremy. Uh, Always yeah, left to say, so, yeah, thank you very much for being a guest on the Learning and Development Podcast. Thank you very much, appreciate it. I'm always inspired by L&D leaders who challenged themselves to achieve more and brought their organisations with them. But not on a mission just to redesign L&D for the sake of it, but to redefine its value and set a new benchmark based on efficacy. Jeremy is a true leader in this regard. If you'd like to get in touch with me, perhaps to suggest topics you'd like to hear discussed, you can tweet me at David in Learning, connect on LinkedIn or Facebook, for which you'll find the links in the show notes. Goodbye for now.